Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you'd like to be involved with today's show, our number here is 877-655-6755. And I think you might want to be involved today because you are going to get some information today that I think is top-notch. You probably won't get in too many other places. I just want to start by saying you're listening to the show most of you are regular listeners, and you have to wonder, with all these different members that you hear about and all these different deals you hear about, how do people come up with the money to do these deals? Because, you know, obviously some of you have some money. Some of you put your money uh, in your own deals. But you hear about these deals where more than one person got together and combined their money to invest in a transaction. And I know that for many, many years, I did the same thing. But the truth of the matter is, although I did that for many, many years, I really didn't understand what I was doing until about 10 or 15 years ago. So there was about a 10-year period of time where I was doing these transactions, and lucky for me, nothing was ever a bad deal. Everything turned out to be a great deal. Everybody was happy. The deals end. Everybody got their money. And because of that, I ended up not suffering from my lack of education, which I should have had to be able to get to do this before I started. But today, we're going to get you up and educated on this topic in a way that you're going to be able to figure out how to go out and get invested if you're interested in doing that. With us today is a securities attorney that specializes and he concentrates in the field of security law, Mr. Gene Trowbridge. Gene, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dell. Glad I'm here. Gene, I did it wrong for years, not knowing. Everybody I know talked about all these things that I now know to be untrue. And, you know, there's just so many bad ideas out there from lack of information that we need to go through this and work our way through it. And one of the things that I think is the starting point is that people think if they call something other than what it is, you know, okay, I I know this walks, talks, and looks like a duck, but I'm not going to call it a duck. I'm going to call it a pig, that they're thinking that they're going to avoid what it really is. So let's start at the beginning. People are afraid of the word syndication uh, when probably almost everything they do is a syndication. And I'm going to let you take it from there. Tell us, overcome the misconception for us. Well, that's where I started when I did my first deal many, many years ago before you did your first deal. I just called it a partnership. I didn't know any different. And that's kind of what the entity was at that time, uh, a limited partnership. That's the only way you could do it. And then somewhere along the line, as I got educated, uh, here pops this word syndication. And uh, syndication really has no legal significance, Dell. It's just a word. 
pulling people together to do something. In fact, uh, as you know, I'm from California, and I flew in yesterday to be on your show. Flying here was a syndication for me. I pulled my money with a bunch of other people. We hired good equipment. We hired professional management, and I got here. That's a syndication, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, the most common question I get when someone calls my my legal firm office is, Gene, I'd, I want to do a syndication uh, or a partnership with four or five people, family and friends, but I don't want it to be a syndication. And I say to them, well, that's really not the question. It is a syndication just by the fact that you're pooling money. But that doesn't mean anything. What you're interested in is not having it be a security. And they say, oh, that's right. That's really what I was talking about. I don't want it to be a security. Yeah, and interestingly, when we had spoken a while back, you talked about the fact that the the real big misconception to start this whole process is that the they're thinking that the type of entity you used would dictate whether or not a security. So the misconception is if I do a limited partnership contract or entity, uh, that that very name is keeping me out of the securities world. Or if I do an LLC where everybody has some voting interest and it's not in control, that that's keeping me out of that world. But you know, you've educated me to understand that that's not really the case. So let's talk about what is the definition of a security and uh, let's kind of throw the net over the top of all these ideas. Well, we'll do that. Uh, one last comment about this entity discussion. That's really all IRS stuff because the entity that you form will determine who pays the taxes. That has nothing to do with securities laws. As we get into a discussion of how do those entities run and how is the investor's money managed, now we're talking securities. In plain English, or as plain as I can be, talking about securities, when you take money from an investor, you put that money into a common enterprise, and that enterprise could be any entity you want, just a common enterprise, and the investor expects a profit to happen, but the investor is looking at you to make that profit happen, you have just sold a security to that investor. An investment of money, common enterprise, expectation of profit through the results of the sponsor. Security. Now, Dell, that didn't say an investment of money from anyone other than your mom and dad, your brother, your sister, your fraternity brothers. Yeah, now let me be clear, because the way you stated that is a bit confusing because you use reverse language. What you're saying is, hey, even though it is your parents, your family, your best friends, uh, even though it's less than 35 people, less than 10 people, less than a million bucks, no matter all of those things that people misconceived to make it not a security. That's not the case. All of those, even mom and dad, is a security. That's right. An investment of money by an investor, no matter who. It could be two people. It could be you and me. It's a security. It could be my mother and myself. Uh, there's no exceptions. My favorite exception today is, well, Gene, those documents are too long. Uh, my investors aren't going to read those documents. So let's not call it a security. Well, that yeah. doesn't work. So, okay, now we're a security. You, you know, yeah. you've made me understand it. Almost everything is a security within some very, very minute situations. 
how do we go on? I mean, I thought if you're security, you got to register with the SEC. You've got all these regula- regulations you have to follow, and you have to have audited financial statements. How do we get around all that and and run a business? I mean, this is you know, we're not IBM. <laughs> That's right. Well, you've got part of it right. Every security does need to be registered unless it's exempt. And that's the world I practice in. How do we allow um, uh, sponsors of deals, people who are going to be syndicators, to do a deal without going through the time and the energy and the brain damage of going to the SEC? You do an exempt offering, and there's two ways. One, you can have an exempt offering by keeping everything inside of your state. Let's say you're listening here in the state of Georgia. If your property is in Georgia, all your investors are in Georgia, and you are legally organized in the state of Georgia, that's Georgia law. So you need to find a Georgia attorney who deals with Georgia securities laws. But if you cross state lines, you get an investor from um, Alabama. Now that doesn't work. You have to go into the federal exemption, and, and simply the federal exemption is found in Regulation D. Everyone's heard about Regulation D, and that's where we do all of our business. It allows you to cross state lines to get investors under certain situations, certain circumstances, and your security is exempt from full registration at the SEC. All right, Gene, we're going to go to a break here in a second. We've got callers that are on hold already. Uh, callers uh, that are on hold, hang out. Let's see here. The first uh, one in line is going to be Roger. So hang out through the break with us and understand this is that when we get back, uh, Gene is going to explain to us what do we need to do to follow Reg D and how are we going to use it to benefit ourselves to be able to go out there and put together a real estate transaction. Our number here, if you'd like to get in is 877-655-6755. If you want to be involved in the show, give us a call and uh, get some questions answered by Gene and myself. For you, Roger, hang in there, and uh, we'll be back in what looks like to be about four minutes. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. It's easy to see why Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine named Lifestyles Unlimited the best real estate education and mentoring program in the United States. We take you by the hand and teach you how to invest in real estate. We've been doing it for 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won independent, local, state, and national Investor of the Year awards nine of the last nine years. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to LifestylesUnlimitedPodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Uh, we've got a few callers here on hold right now. Let me see if I can clean these out real quick. Roger, what is it we can help you with today? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Del. Yeah, go ahead. What's your Hello. question? Um, I'm a veteran, so I have the VA home loan guarantee, and I wanted to know, since by using that, I don't have to put a down payment down, if it's advisable for me to buy a three- or four-family house that has to be owner-occupied versus starting off smaller with maybe a small one-family. 
that's not a securities question, Roger. I'll just give you a quick answer. Yeah, I've seen people do it. Um, I'm not an attorney. I don't know exactly how the VA or H, uh, FHA type stuff works like that. But the bottom line is I've seen people do it. Call me back on another day when I don't have someone that has flown 12,000 miles to be here to do a radio show. And I'll be happy to, to parse hairs on that. Uh, holding now is Joe from New Jersey. Joe, how can we help you today? Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question about a deal where uh, wealthy uh, investors are involved, a deal you know, such as uh, perhaps funding uh, production of a film. What are the restrictions or limitations uh, about raising uh, capital in that kind of a situation? Is it supposed to be arm's length? All right, Joe, do, let's have you do this, Joe. We're going to cover all the regulations, requirements, and so forth in this next segment. Why don't you hang up and listen? And if you're not getting the questions answered that you need by the end of the show, call back in the last segment because I think we're going to cover everything you're going to want to hear, okay? So let's go ahead and do that, Gene. Let's start with Reg D, which is the national uh, exemption. Tell us what we need to do uh, to raise capital under that type of an exemption. All right, Dell. Well, under Regulation D, which sounds exactly like the last caller was ask, asking about, because all the syndication stuff can be done in any product. It doesn't have to be just real estate. So um, Regulation D says that uh, you don't have to register with the SEC. Your offering can be exempt from registration as long as you follow certain rules. And I'm going to concentrate on one rule, which is called Rule 506, where 95% of the uh, private placements are done today. And Rule 506 says you can raise as much money as you want. You can raise money from as many accredited investors as you want. Under certain circumstances, you can raise money for from up to 35 sophisticated investors, and you are going to have some restrictions on whether you advertise or not. Now, I'm going to go back there. One of the things I talked about was accredited investors. In the securities laws, they give a special treatment, if you would, or no treatment at all probably is more truthful, to investors who are rich and smart. So if your investors have a net worth of over a million dollars, not counting the value of their home, or they make over $200,000 a year, Dell, or 300000 if they're married filing jointly, uh, they're rich and they're smart, and they do not get the protection of the federal government. So in that case, you can raise as much money from as many accredited investors as you want. And uh, under part of Rule 506 after the JOBS Act, you could even advertise for the, those people because the purpose of separating... Now, let's be specific on that. You could only advertise for a credit well you can advertise for everyone but you can only take accredited investors in if you advertise. And the purpose for that is accredited investors are supposed to be rich and smart enough to uh, ask the questions they need to figure out if the investment is suitable for them. And we're trying to promote capital formation. So that's kind of an opening up of the laws. But if you're going to take any sophisticated people in who aren't rich and smart, then you can't advertise for them at all, or you can't uh, attract track them through your advertising. So uh, 
we're going to concern ourselves with whether your money raising is going to concentrate on accredited investors or both accredited and sophisticated. Why that's important is if you're going to use sophisticated investors, you absolutely have to have a private placement memorandum. You have to put everything down in writing so that they have all of the material they need so they can make a decision before they choose to invest. Uh, Accredited investors are supposed to be smart enough to ask you the questions. I don't think that's a good idea in our practice. We would say no matter what, if you're doing a regulation D offering, you're going to write a private placement memorandum and tell everyone what it is they need to know before they invest. And then the uh, the last thing is back to advertising. Boy, you, you should, and we can get in the weeds on this, but let's not do this. The safest thing always to do is only to raise money from people with whom you have a pre-existing relationship. Under certain circumstances, you can go out and build a database through advertising and eventually make an offer of a security to people who are in your database through your advertising under certain circumstances that your securities attorney will lay out for you when he helps you or she helps you with your marketing plan. Now, um, let me take you step one step back, and then I'll walk you back to where you're at, and we'll get right back in spot, is we have state securities laws, and we have national securities laws. Do I have to follow both of them? No, that's one of the good things about going to uh, either or. If you're going to be in your state, then that's the only law you have to worry about. If you're going to choose Regulation D, Rule 506, that's the only law you have to worry about. Well, the reason I bring that up is here we go. We're, we're putting together one of these deals, you know, and and we got we got mom and, and Bob, my college roommate, and, you know, we got all these people in this deal. We're raising this money. And then all of a sudden, Bob, my college roommate, calls up his mom and dad, which live in another state, and they go, hey, uh, man, you got to get in. This is an incredible deal. You need to get involved in this thing. Now what happens? I, can I bring them in now or can I change my entity? That's a discussion the attorney and the client have at the very beginning when you're setting up how are you going to do this. If there's a possibility that you're going to have Bob's mom and dad invest with you, then the attorney would advise you to start out with a Reg D offering. If you and your attorney decide it's going to be a state-specific and intrastate offering, you've already made the decision at that time. You can't take Bob's parents in the deal because you can't change horses in the middle of the stream. You've got to stick with one plan or another. Okay. So now we go back to where you're at. Let's get this straight and finish up this segment with this so we've got this clear. We decide, first of all, um, what's, are we going to do this in the state or are we going to do this nationally? Now, what's the next step? What is our thought process next? How do we go and find ourselves a securities attorney or an mm-hmm. attorney that specializes in securities. Uh, what I'd like to make the point was, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and we um, we did deals, but we did them with attorneys that had no idea what they were doing. And so, you know, they were contract attorneys or maybe they were a real estate attorney, and they didn't have really truly any idea about what they were doing. And I just want people to know that for their own benefit, that you can go out there and you can find an attorney that can write you a real estate contract. You can find an attorney that understands real estate, but they're not sophisticated or practicing the rules of securities. 
You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Hi, I'm Steve Davis, an investor in thousands of units over the years. Now it's your turn. Del Wamsey has been my mentor for nearly 25 years, and he's taught over 100,000 people just like you the principles of financial freedom through live one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited and his national radio show. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that changed my life. The workshop gets you on the inside of of what we do and what we believe and unlocks the five ways we make money in real estate. Just like your personal trainer, Lifestyles Unlimited will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to register for the workshop that will change your life and let you stop worrying about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Um, Gene, I'm going to open the phones back up, and then we're going to go into another topic here. For you that would like to get on, uh, I am going to open the lines up for you again, 877-655-6755. Your questions are welcome again for Gene. Let's try to keep them towards something that Gene uh, came to speak about, which would be securities of some type. And um, let's go ahead and get into this, Gene. Okay, now I, now I understand that I'm going to go find myself a securities attorney that knows how to do this. They're going to walk me through the process. But what do I have to be? You know, I'm wanting to do this. I hear all these stories about people doing it all the time. I hear Dell talk about it on the radio every day. What do I have to be? What do I have to do to walk through this process with you? Well, that's a, that's a great question because... Um, not everyone has all the money that they need to do all the real estate investing that they want to do themselves. So the real reason that you ever put together a group is really to pool money. So now you're out there and you want to pool money. I think, number one, you need to have some experience. You need to have some specialization, some reason that someone would want to invest with you. And actually, my sizzle approach on all this is you need to go out and find people who are interested in real estate, number one. Then number two, you need to go out and find people that are interested in a part of the real estate that you're the specialist in. And then number three, you need to go out and find people who are interested in hearing your story. Are you educated? Maybe you've even done some deals before on your own. Maybe you've done a a, a small group investment with two or three people and now you're ready to step up. What would give an investor confidence that they should give you their money? And then last, and I think some people find this interesting, the very last thing you have to do is have to have a deal that someone wants. That's the ending of it all. They're not going to listen to you about your deal until you find a group of people to talk to who are interested in real estate, your specialization, and you. Sometimes you even have to go out and uh, do this with someone else. Dell, if you came to me and said, Gene, I'll, I'll invest, I'll give you my $100,000, but what happens, Gene, if something happens to you? Well, I'm going to have trouble raising money for 
from you, Dell, if I can't answer that question. So you've got to have a plan for continuity. You've got to have some experience. You've got to have a database of, of people you can talk to. And then I think you should do your first deal concentrating on one specific property. So I'm going to take you to two scenarios. Uh, both of which I've lived through. The first one is a term that I use frequently, which I call associated credibility. When I first started investing in real estate, I came out of the health club business. You go, well, what does the health club business have anything to do with real estate investing? I said, well, I had two jobs as a supervisor. I ran six clubs. And my one job was to control a sales department. And that sales department had to sell pieces of paper called contracts. When I got into real estate, guess what we had to do? I had to control a sales department that sold pieces of paper, which we called leases. Then the other part of my job was to maintain these six facilities, these buildings, these pieces of real estate. And when I got in the apartment business, the other part of my job was maintaining facilities. So when I first went to the bank, when I first went to do a deal, I had no problem. They go, wow, you're all about what we're doing. This is just another name for what you've already been doing your whole life. So I want to bring this to people. There is a thing called associated skill set. Now, here's the one that really messes me up, and I'll let you weigh in on this one. I've been told by bankers, our bankers, uh, we have one banker alone did $100 million worth of loans for us just last year alone, and that's one of probably 20 bankers. So we're doing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, these loans, with investors that are brand-new investors that have never done this before. And I said, well, what if I get into a deal with somebody else, and I'm not the key principal, I'm not the solicitor of the security, I'm just riding along as one of the passive investors. Does that qualify me to get a loan on the next deal? And I have no idea. But the bankers say, yes, we consider that, that you've been through the process, that you understand the process, you understand the documents, you understand the partnership rules and regulations and the accounting and the whole bit by being a part of it. How do you see this? Well, I see it somewhat the same way. Back to when you and I did our first deal, if you had to have a track record, you never would have done your no first, first deal. deal. It's yeah. chicken and the egg. So everyone has to start somewhere. And so you've got to start with something else maybe that you bring to the table that makes it look to the banker or your investors like you're going to be successful. Uh, you had your experience. In my experience, I was a commercial real estate broker. Um, not so much uh involving other investors, but I'd been through the battle of transactions. And then I bought some property on my own. So I'd been through the battle of how do you manage your own property. I'd made mortgage payments. I'd done all this. So it uh, really works. But one of the things I think that some of the listeners might find is is the need uh, for an enhancer. And I, I use the term enhancer to talk about people who will you will team up with so you can get that first deal done. And I find enhancers are used to uh, really convince investors and the bank, number one, that you have enough credit worthiness to do the deal. Number two, you have enough liquidity to do the deal. Number three, you have enough on-the-street property management experience to do the deal. And number four, that you have the ability to raise money from other investors so you get enough money to do the deal. Sometimes, and maybe this is the first step you should take if you're listening to this, before you start to do your own deal, assess your strengths and weaknesses and think if you might be better off bringing someone else to do this with you 
while it'll help you get started, and that's very important, it'll still go back to the question that I, uh, that Dell asked me earlier. Well, Gene, if I give you all my money and something happens to you, where are we? Well, if something happens to me, Dell, I've got a partner. Things will go along. It'll be great. Now, in that situation, I want to try to figure this out. Would that be considered co-solicitors of the security? Does that person get drug into being part of the solicitation at that point? Or can they be put off over here to the side as just a balance sheet, you know, addendum? Okay. Well, that's a difficult uh, answer without knowing the specifics. But we're going to start with a little Well, group. the investors. I'm going to take yeah, be a yeah. little mean here. The investors are looking at that person going, you know, I'm getting into this deal because mm-hmm. Gene's got some pretty good mm-hmm. pockets. And, mm-hmm. you know, Dell doesn't, you know, he might know how to manage these things, but he didn't have any money. But Gene, I think, can back us up. And I'm, I'm expecting that because they put Gene on the deal that if anything goes wrong, isn't Gene going to come in and take care of us? We can structure the deal both ways. Maybe the enhancers come into the manager group that you form. And sometimes the bank requires that, if we're talking about net worth. Sometimes the enhancer can be off to the side. And a perfect example would be property management. You wouldn't necessarily have to be part of the syndication team to provide the property management skills that are that are that are necessary. And then the issue of um, raising money and bringing other investors. Absolutely, that enhancer has to be part of the uh, syndication group. So, Dell, uh, depending upon what you're asking the person to do, uh, the securities attorney and the client could determine whether they have to be inside of an entity or sitting on the outside doing whatever they're doing. All right. Um, let's go the other direction. Now. Yeah, the investor, right? Yeah, the investor. What what should I be looking for in one of these syndications or uh, one of these uh, offerings um, when I go to look at them? You know, if the guy hands me this document and says, here, this is an incredible deal. What should I be thinking about when I go into one of these deals? Well, I know that you would tell the people you got to look at the property. The property's got to be economically strong. The property's got to stand on its own. Uh, no, no mirrors, no magic. It's got to be a good deal. And I know that's the truth. My feeling is my clients always get asked these four questions in different order. The first, the first question was a continuity. What happens if something happens to you? We've covered that. The second question is liquidity for the investor. What if I need my money out? Do you have a provision in your in your contract that'll let me get my money out? The third question is, hey, have you done this before, Dell? Or is this your first deal? Or what's your team? And the last question is, Dell, if this is such a good deal, are you investing anything? Do you have any skin in the game? Yeah, that's the that's the real question that I've always found interesting for 25 years is, does does the lead have any skin in the game? That, that, that's the one that really tells a true story. And the more skin they have in the game, the better off you are. Now, I also want to add one more to that list, and that is, for me, integrity. Can I see your criminal report? Well, I don't want to show you my criminal report. Well, there's something wrong if you don't have any integrity. So our number here is 877-655-6755. We're going to be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, and the lines will be open. Get your call in. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. 
What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow, for the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year? How long until you'd lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Uh, Gene, I wanted to get into this quick question. Don't need to spend a lot of time on however you feel about it. But what about this thing that Obama threw up there called uh, cloud funding or whatever the heck it is? What, how does that work? What is that all about? Crowd. Crowd funding. There we go. It's not even cloud funding. It's crowd funding. Crowd funding. The whole principle behind crowd funding is that the, we're going to uh, place in the hands of the people the wisdom to find good ideas. We're going to reward, let the crowd reward good financial ideas. You know, Dell, the first example of crowdfunding in the United States was when the Statute of Liberty was being installed. The government was $125,000 short of getting it installed. So they went into newspaper and radio and asked people to send their dimes, nickels, and dollars to continue to fund, to complete the funding of that. And that was crowdfunding. Uh, crowdfunding has been used uh, all over the world for people to make contributions to people with good ideas, and then they would get a product or something back. But in the United States, we've never been able to do it when uh, the uh, issue is um, to invest in someone's business. Well, the JOBS Act has set up something called regulatory crowdfunding that your listeners just need to pay attention to, because as of today, it's still not legal. Generally, it's going to allow people to take um, a non-accredited investors for as little as $5,000 each and then raise up to a million dollars in a year to do something that the crowd finds uh, successful. But uh, we're waiting for the regulations to come down on that. So I would advise all your listeners just to pay attention to it. And if you're going to do something like crowdfunding, don't be one of the 4,000 people that the SEC has shut down so far with a cease and desist order who's gone ahead and done this before it's legal. Yeah, I've heard all kinds of radio shows and internet offerings and Facebook offerings that, you know, it's interesting that it isn't actually been up and going yet. Um, let's go the other way, though. Let's talk about what does work. We've been doing this for 25 years here. You've been doing it for more years than I know. Um, the bottom line is, how prevalent is this? Is this something that's real, or is this just something just a few people have figured out how to do? Well, this is really interesting, Dell. that uh, the private placement business, which is what we've been talking about, a security that's exempt from full registration. Uh, the latest figures were 2013 from the SEC. $13 trillion was raised in that year. There were over 30,000 offerings that we know of, and uh, that's a lot of money, you know, and that's a lot of offerings. But what I found, and then it really reflects in my business, the SEC says that the median size offering, which was right in the middle of those 30,000, right in the middle, 
was a million and a half dollars. So 15,000 of those offerings were less, were a million and a half or less. And the SEC says that the average number of investors in a deal is 10. So many of your listeners can either invest in something like that, an offering that they're, the sponsor is only going out to raise a million and a half dollars in and looking for 10, 15 investors, or become a sponsor themselves maybe and do it the right way and go out and raise a million, a million and a half dollars and buy a three or four million dollar property. That's pretty, that's pretty darn exciting in our practice. We're probably a little higher. Maybe we're at a two million dollar minimum uh, or, or uh, median, if you would. And we might have 15 investors uh, in a deal on an average. Uh, my more experienced clients might be working from now 20 million to 50 million at a time. But they started out at a million, a million and a half. Yeah, it's amazing. We talk about all the government stimulus to make things happen in this world. It really comes down to the, the loan investor getting out there and making something happen. And obviously, you know, as a startup company, there's probably not too many other businesses that work quite as well with funding this way as real estate because you're giving people right out of the blocks the opportunity in many cases to have current income right out of the blocks on a deal, which just doesn't happen on startup business most of the time. You've got leverage factored in so you can get very, very large gains. You can earn income when it's done correctly in a tax-deferred or tax uh, very tax-reduced basis, if not completely tax-deferred or eliminated. Uh, it just it has so many benefits to work with this. I know that you said you've done more than just real estate stuff. Um, what percentage of your business is real estate related? Oh, 90%. 90%. And you know, Dell, when I was out syndicating my own deals for a long period of time, I always used the, the, uh, the acronym IDEAL. Real estate is the ideal investment because it gives you income, depreciation, equity buildup, appreciation and you can use leverage and if you take the first letters of all those statements it is the ideal investment absolutely absolutely so um gene as we go into this further i want everybody out there to understand that gene is someone who works in the whole country, all over the United States. He does seminars. He also has classes. Uh, but his primary business is to work with you, the investor, to put together the deal the correct way so that you are in compliance with the exemptions, so that you are putting together your documents the correct way, and so that you can perpetuate your investment strategy far into the future. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of Gene, uh, we've got a website. It's called syndicationlawyers.com. And uh, if you want to contact him by email, it's just be gene at syndicationlawyers.com. And uh, Gene, I want to thank you for flying out here today. You came a long way to do this radio show. Thank you very much. Well, it's a great opportunity, Dell. It's been great spending time with you. All right. For the rest of you, we want to keep this in mind always. We're not doing this just to make some money. Lifestyles is doing this. You're doing this. I'm doing this. We're doing this to make major changes in our lives. It's not just going out there and making a few dollars. This isn't like going and buying one rent house. This isn't like buying another stock. This is complete change of lifestyle. 
you for listening to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.